0: Dude, again, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. This is fucking amazing, dude. You're the fucking most experienced comic I've had on here. This is great, dude. Oh, my God. And quite the resume, too, dude.
1: Thank you. I didn't know we were we were going to start recording. I'm over here drinking coffee. No, no, like do
0: a, your thing. No, do can your I thing. Put this up, up yeah, here? yeah, is of course. Cool? Yeah, yeah. I don't maybe leave Starbucks it. will hit me up sometime. You know, yeah, what I mean? sponsorship deal. Yeah, dude.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Thank you for having me, man. This is uh, I'm I'm excited to do it.
0: Absolutely, dude. So uh, we were just talking about before we started recording about how intimidating it is sometimes to go up to the store, especially for newer comics and stuff yeah. like that. And you were the same way too. Where when when you started.
1: Oh yeah. 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 The first time I ever saw this. <laughs> this is such a, a goofy thing, but. Um. Alright, this is pretty bizarre. So I moved out here in 2013 uh, from Philly. I had been doing comedy for like eight or nine years. I was like a road feature. I felt very confident in like my shit. And then I moved out here and started doing three minute open mics and it just destroyed my like will to live. It was a whole thing, right? No kidding. But uh I hadn't been to the store. But I was getting married a few months after. We, we literally, within a year, we were like, let's move across country and then go back to do the wedding on the east coast. It was mm-hmm. psychotic. <laughs> So I had to get uh, my tux for the wedding, so I went to, uh, I think it was a Joseph A. Bank in Glendale. Dude. Yep. And, and the guy Joseph who was a. helping me out. Joss, was, a.
0: Joss A. Banks. Joss A. Joss ba- a. Yeah. Banks, Joss A. Banks, Yeah, you know. did.
1: <laughs> so the guy who was helping me out, and this was one of my first like big L.A. moments, do um, you ever hear of the movie Angus? Uh, no. So there was a movie, Angus, back in the day that was like kind of like a cult thing. I think its biggest thing was like it had Green Day on the soundtrack. That was okay. like the biggest thing that came okay. out of it. But it was about this uh, fat kid named Angus who like got bullied and then like he won like class prom. And they like, they <laughs> gave it to him as like a practical joke or something like that. Like a carry then almost. Yeah, almost yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, it had a lot of similarities to my life because I was like the fat kid, I got bullied and everything. So I kinda like like this movie. Mm-hmm. Well, here I am, years later, 30 years old, getting ready to get married. I'm in a Joseph A Bank, and who's fitting me for my tux but the fucking kid who played Angus? No way. I swear dude. to God, yeah. What? Crazy, right? I don't even remember how we stumbled onto this discovery. And he was just getting into stand-up comedy. His name's Charlie Talbert. I, I don't know what he's up to now. I think he left LA. But um, he had been an actor, child mm-hmm. actor, and he was just getting into stand-up. And he was like, oh yeah, I got some like, shows coming up. You should come see me. And one of them was at the Comedy Store. I think it was like one of those main room bringers or whatever. Gotcha. And I had been looking for an excuse to get over to the Comedy Store. Mm-hmm. I'd been out here a couple months and I hadn't gone yet. So I went to see his show and I drove by and I saw him on the patio before the show cause he always wore like a white dress shirt and like a big red tie. He was very easy to pick up, big guy. And I drove by and I saw him on the patio and it was just something about the building. It was so dark, there, it, it was just so intimidating, no. the actual exterior of the building that I kept driving. And it, it's not like, oh, I'm a new comic and the idea of stand up like worries. I had been doing it for almost a decade. <laughs> And it was like the building itself, I saw it, and I was just like, nah, I got a bad feeling about this. I turned around and went home. Like, for real, first time I ever saw the comedy store, uh, I I was just like, no, I don't know, man, it looks creepy. Yeah, no, dude,
0: the first time... uh comedians were telling me to just go hang out there. I literally walked past it three times. Yeah. I went in, and then I just stood by the bar, and I was like, I don't know anyone, so I just left. Yeah, Literally, it's just like that, because everyone's just kind of looking at you, too, like, what the fuck are you even doing here?
1: Right. <laughs> you know it's, it's, I mean? very, yeah. it's very it's very sort of, like, cliquish and, yes. uh, you know, all of that. I won't deny that that exists, but now it's a very special building to me. You know, I've True. spent a lot of the best nights of my life there, so I, I'm partial to it, but I yeah. understand why it would be, like, so intimidating.
0: Right. What's well, like with anything, right? Like, when you first go to a new place, it becomes intimidating, but the more you get you Used to it, that people get used to you, they'll come and say hi because everyone there is very nice to me now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, in the beginning, it's a little different, but now everyone comes up and says hi. It's great, dude. I love it.
1: For sure. I, but I, I do think there's also something just in the way that it's presented. Like, you go to the Laugh Factory, it's all bright, it's like glitz and glamour. I see what you mean. It's like inviting, yes. like, come on in, bright lights. Hollywood mean. and the comedy store is like, we're dark, we're black, and if you don't belong here, get the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. That's what the building is saying, right. not the people, but <laughs> yeah. the building.
0: Um, so, yeah. <laughs> You're the commissioner of roast battle. For those mm-hmm. of you who don't know, roast battle, roast battle is a, a, a great show at the comedy store where they have, you know, comedies from all different kinds of uh, experiences, right? Like you guys in roast battle,
1: yeah, like you, yeah,
0: yeah. You guys have you guys bring on people with any kind of experience and just.
1: Bro, there, of, are, there are people who we had a guy battle a couple months ago. He made his debut. I, I want to say he's in his fifties. He's never done comedy before. No way. Never done comedy before. He just became a fan of Roast Battle when we were on Comedy Central. Right. And was like, I want to do that. And I I don't know if he's even attempting to do stand up. You know, there was a big knock early on. It's like, oh, the Roast Battle people aren't good at stand up, which I don't think is fair. I think that's a misconception. Yeah. I I take offense to that personally. But um, now there are people who that's just their primary focus. They just want to battle, which is like interesting. Um but yeah we have people from all different we have people who have been doing comedy you know 20 years people who have been doing comedy who have never done it before yeah. who have been doing it 3 months like everybody is 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 welcome for sure
0: Yeah and and that's another thing I want to touch on too is that before we started recording you had said that Anybody, you know what I mean? Anybody can sign up for a Roast Battle. It's not just someone, it's not someone where you have to know someone. Anybody can come in, you're welcome to anybody.
1: Yeah, well that was that was the thing that made me fall in love with the show because like I said, I moved out here and I was a road feature and I had my half hour and I had my 45 minute set and everything and then I moved out here and it was like three minute open mics and I was just getting fucking crushed. Dude. I hated it, Right. it was so tough. And there's nobody in the crowds. I don't know how the mics are now, but in 2013, the crowd was just other comedians. Same thing. It's it. Same thing. Right? Yeah. And in Philly, you would have 40, 50 people pay to come to an open mic at the club. Like, there was a real audience there.
0: Damn, dude. It
1: was a real thing. Like, people in L.A. can't believe it when you say that, but that's how it is in a lot of cities.
0: Right, right. right. Yeah, well, like, I think I was telling you the other day, my first open mic was in Vegas, and that was my experience. There was, yeah. There was, there was literally about 50 people there. And yeah. I'd say... Eighty percent of them were was audience members. Right. It was it was great. It was a great experience. I I'm, I was awful, but it was a great experience. <laughs> and like it like the reason like the them laughing kind of encouraged me to keep going because yeah. I think if I were to do that set at like a comedian open mic, I don't think I would have been doing comedy right now.
1: Right. Honestly. Oh, I don't know yeah. how anybody starts out here. Yeah. It's it, yeah. it's crazy to me. Because the thing that keeps you going with comedy, because we all we all objectively can look back at, look at this thing and be like, "What a terrible decision we're making yeah. to pursue this!" It's, it's objectively a really poor decision. All of us are too smart to be doing this. We mm-hmm. should be doing other things, right? Mm-hmm. We should mm-hmm. be coming up with a path that will lead. Because for ninety nine percent of people, this is going to lead in terms of money and success yes. to nothing, right? And yet we keep doing it. It's because the rush of those laughs and everything. Oh my gosh, dude. But yeah, if you come up in LA doing it in front of nobody, it's like, what's keeping you going? You yeah. just have mental problems, yeah. I would assume. <laughs> I don't know why else you would continue to do it when there's nobody. It's kind of like people who have like a Twitter account with like six followers. And <laughs> just they, keeps tweeting. they're tweeting. they tweeting every day for a decade. It's like, who are you talking to? You get you. you look insane. Um. Anyway, what were we talking about?
0: Well, well what was the thing that helped you get over <laughs> coming to LA? Oh, it was it was roast battle. Uh, It was roast
1: battle because I found out about the show and the energy was insane. It's completely sold out every week. Back in 2014, they were on there like the the celebrity guest judges that were dropping by every week. It was like Chappelle or Jim Carrey or, you know, Jon Stewart, just like these crazy fucking names. And I went to watch like three or four times and I was like, man, I I would love to get on this show, but it's got to be impossible. Yeah. Like you gotta you gotta really know somebody or you gotta have an in. And then I found out they were having a hard time booking people because so many people are afraid of roast battle or they don't feel like it's a good investment of their time to be writing jokes that they can't use in their act going forward or whatever, which I, I get, I don't agree with that, but I understand it. Right. For one reason or another, there wasn't exactly a lot of people lining up to do a sold-out, completely fire show every week. Um, And you were able to, anybody was able to get on. And the thing that I loved about it is, and I love this now as the commissioner who gets to book people, not only at the store, but at the mothership down in Austin and all this kind of stuff. What I love is we are in a city and in an industry where very little of who gets what is based on talent. Right?
0: It's all about who yeah, you know. Yeah, who
1: you know, looks, all these external factors. And I love being able to book the one thing that is truly a meritocracy. Like, it's mm. literally all about are you good at this thing? Are you working hard? I don't care how many followers you have. I don't care who you know. I don't care how many people you can bring to the show. None of that means anything to me. And that's what I loved about the show when I was doing it. And that's what I love now that I'm like helping to book it and, and, you know, being able to give out some like opportunities to people who are like really deserving.
0: Dude, yeah. I, I appreciate you so much for saying this and, you know, coming on because a lot of people like, especially the people who listen to this podcast, a lot of open micers, they don't know about this. We're always asking each other, how do we get on there? How do we get on there? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the fact that now that you're here and saying it, dude, like everyone listening, just hit up Pat, dude.
1: Hit me up. Yeah. On Instagram at the Pat Barker or at RBL commish. I run both of those. Happy to book people. We are changing the way we book it a little bit now with brand new people. We don't mm-hmm. want to end up with any more nights where it's like three of the brand new people battles. Got you. Okay, yeah. So we're, we're kind of spacing those out. So as we talk now in the middle of January, I'm already booking into May. Okay. Because I can okay, only wow. book one a week. So if you're new and you want to do Roast Battle, you're thinking about it, don't hesitate. Because if you hit me up today, you're not going to get on until fucking June anyway. <laughs> so you'll have plenty of time to figure it out. But just, yeah, hit me up. And... um. Yeah, I, I it sucks that you hear like comics be like, Oh yeah, everybody's so intimidated by uh the store yeah. or Rose Battle or even me. I've right, heard people yeah. be like That's yeah. wild because you're
0: one of the no, honestly, you are one of the nicest people I've met, dude. Thank you're you. always saying hi to me and it's just like it's not like, oh hey, what's up? It's like, what's up, Jesse? And I appreciate that kind of stuff, you know, especially someone again who's new. You know, it makes me feel welcome.
1: I try. I, I also I understand how for people I don't know, I could give off a vibe of like I don't ever wanna give off the vibe like, oh, I'm I'm too big for this or that. The mm. truth is I'm very bad with names and faces and I'm super <laughs> self-conscious about it. No, it's, it's the God's honest truth. And if I seem like I'm ignoring you and we met before, it's probably just because I forgot your name and I feel like a dickhead and I don't wanna deal with that interaction because of how it makes me feel about myself. That's 100% truth. And it's hilarious.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you're just looking at them, trying to think their name, and just giving them a dirty look while you're just going through. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. You're like, why like, oh. is that?
1: Why is that guy staring at me? <laughs> yeah. what, what the hell's his problem?
0: Um, when you started doing roast battles, is that was roasting something you wanted to do when you got into stand up?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, I always loved the Comedy Central roasts. Um, yeah. You know, we had had a couple in Philly just for like comics who were like leaving. I see where it was like, oh, the farewell like roast, like a traditional deist style. I enjoyed writing those jokes. Mm. I think um, it's a really good challenge as a writer. Right. To, um, because if, if you ever want to be a writer or work in TV like that's there's a lot of similarities between like a oh. roast and any other type of TV in that you have a deadline, you have a specific target, you have parameters you have to work within. You know, if your joke's too long, it's not going to work or this or that. So you have all these things that force you to kind of step outside of your comfort zone, whereas stand up, you could just do whatever. There's no real pr- you have a light. Right? You can right, only do a certain yeah, amount of time. True. But if that's you have five true. minutes and you wanna just ramble for five minutes, you could do it. If you wanna tell a story for five minutes, you could do it. If you wanna go quick punchline, set up punch, set up punch, you could do it. But with with roasting, it's like, here's a very specific thing. And that's what you end up having to do when you work in TV. You have a deadline that, that, you know that we're filming tomorrow. By noon, we need 40 jokes about your water bottle. Right? That's the kind of shit you have to do. You just replace the person you're roasting with a water bottle or whatever the assignment ends up being, and there's a lot of similarities there. So I always liked that kind of jo- uh, those kinds of jokes and that type of writing, so I it was a dream of mine to work on the Comedy Central roasts. I didn't know that there would be something like Roast Battle that would help facilitate that, but yeah.
0: That's awesome, dude. So you, you wrote on some of those roasts, the Comedy Central roast. then.
1: I did, I, um, I first submitted for Bruce Willis. That was okay. the first one, okay. which, God, I would have loved to have gotten that one. Um, and uh, I submitted a packet, and what they do is when you're kinda on the radar, you get a packet, and they give you three celebrities mm. who will not be at the roast. And you have to write one page of roast jokes about each of the three celebrities. Wow. And I wrote it, I felt good about it, I sent it in. Um, I didn't get the job, but um, a few weeks later, uh, the head writer reached out to me through other channels and basically said, hey, I really loved your packet, would you like to come to the after party and meet me? He's like, I have some advice on the packet. And I was like, what a fucking thoughtful thing to do. Yeah, dude. So I was so appreciative of that. So I ended up going to the Willis after party. Um, which was crazy, Um, and I met this guy, and he basically pulled me aside and he was like, look, it came down, we had one spot left, and it came down to you and uh, Connor McSpadden, shout out to Connor McSpadden, who's a fucking monster, dude. One yeah. of the funniest people I've ever met. Okay, Such a good writer. Another like roast battle, just like legend. And um, his shit is so good. And he's like, yeah, it came down to you and Connor, and uh, Connor like edged it out, but you were like next in line. And he was like, the only advice I have is like, and he gave me some advice on how to structure it next time. Put this joke here, put that joke there, you know, whatever. Because I had it laid out like all the jokes tied into one another. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like the way you would do a roast set. Right, yeah, right. right. And he was like, even though it's only three pages, all the people who read it, they don't have time to read three pages. So you might only get five jokes before they move on. And you got 20 on the page, put your best five first. I see so I learned that, and that's good advice just generally speaking for like packets if you're submitting jokes put your mm-hmm. best shit up top So then the next year he wasn't on uh, for Alec Baldwin. He had moved on. He was doing another job But I took his advice and I submitted for Baldwin and I got it. No
0: kidding <laughs> and dude.
1: Baldwin? Um, Yeah, so I, I was in the room for the Baldwin roast I still got some jokes on for the Willis roast That's a lot of like. um, There's a lot of comics or or celebrities who will go on and do the roast, and then also pay you know comics on the side to kind of like help them out a little bit. Got
0: you. Okay. Okay. So I did a
1: little bit of that for Willis, um, but Baldwin was the one where I was actually like in the room, and now it's looking like that might end up being the last Comedy Central roast. Mm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So as somebody who grew up watching them, like to be able to get in there and do one before they they went under, mm-hmm. um, it, it feels really cool.
0: You don't think they'll ever come back?
1: I don't know, I don't know. I, I don't know what the status of Comedy Central is. Mm. Um, I'm not sure, it seems like right now it's mostly like South Park and yeah. Office reruns and right. it doesn't seem like they're pumping out a whole bunch of like new True. content. I would love to be wrong about that. Mm-hmm. I would love it if they came roaring back and I just don't, I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, lo- I love those roast battles, dude, or the uh, those roasts on Comedy oh, yeah. Central. They're great, dude. What, what, was the one,
1: what was the one you grew up with? What was your...
0: Uh, I the, the Roseanne one? I saw the Roseanne oh, one. Yeah. yeah, so there's yeah. like older ones, you know what I mean? Um, the Joan Rivers one was hilarious. Joan Rivers was great. That was a good one. I, I, and then obviously, like, kind of newer ones was uh, the Justin Bieber one. Then you had... Um, Bieber was James good. James Franco. James Franco. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: for me, it was like, uh, it was Pamela Anderson and uh, oh, Flavor, yeah, yeah. Flavor Flav, <laughs> Flavor Flav Flame. Were that's the right. two dude. Yeah, that that's I right. was like. I watched those a bunch, because by that point I was doing stand-up, and I was like, and you know, one of the cool things about doing it in Philly is the ladder is very short, right? You right. do open mics, there's, at the time I came up, there was one real club in Philly, Helium, mm. and so you do open mics, you get to host at Helium, and then you get bumped up to feature at Helium, and then that is, that's the end of the ladder.
0: Oh wow! It's way different than LA. Damn, where there's like really? a million places to go. Yeah, Philly dude. is kind
1: of like so. For the few years that I was a host before I got bumped up to feature, I worked with every big name that came through, and like, that's amazing. Yeah, I, I, you know, and like Geraldo was the big one. Where it's no like, no way, dude. Oh yeah, I did a week. Uh, I did a week with Geraldo, and the fe- I hosted the feature was uh, Jesse Joyce, who was Geraldo's writing partner. Okay. And we did like six shows, and I just got to pick his brain in the green room about the roasts. It's all I wanted to talk about. He like, was
0: amazing, dude.
1: Oh, he was incredible. A great roaster. Incredible. Dude. Um, yeah, dude, just the fucking best.
0: Dude, it's wild. How did you, uh, how did you become into the position of becoming the commissioner of roast battle?
1: Um, I just did the show a lot. I started battling in 2014. Um, at the time, we had like a blog. Mm-hmm. Um, that we would write like previews and recaps of the battles and everything. And I just, I fell in love with the show. I have sort of a like a deeper connection to the show I can get into in a minute if you want. But long story short, I just felt like I wanted to contribute as much as possible. So, you know, I battled a lot. I was consistent, I was good. I started writing things for the blog. I started just kind of helping out in like whatever way I could. Um, and then, you know, kind of leading into the pandemic, um, I didn't know if the show was gonna come back.
0: Mm.
1: Because we, I, I felt like we had done three seasons on Comedy Central, we weren't getting picked up for a fourth. Um, it kind of felt like the show had like, run its course a little bit. Um, I thought the pandemic might kill it. We came back and we were doing them, but it was like in the main room at 25% capacity oh, when they wow. had the guidelines and everything. And it was like, uh. it was just tough, it was tough. And then um, you know, Moses and I had talked a lot about there's all these roast battle shows popping up all over the world. Like you, come across random things where it's like, oh yeah, they're they're doing one in Kazakhstan or whatever, and you're like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, like, so you know, Brian Moses and I were talking, and uh, he was just like, yeah, can you create a worldwide league? And I was like, "Sure, what's my what's my budget?" And yeah. It was like zero dollars. Like we have no money. And I was like, "All right, let's fuck yeah, let's make it happen." There you go. Um, there you go. Yeah. So uh, he gave me the title of commissioner, and it's still kind of like a it's, it's still kind of like a goofy thing where yeah, it's like, I know yeah. people say it with like, they mean, they mean it respectfully, <laughs> yeah. but anytime somebody's like, Oh, it's the commissioner. I'm like, it sounds like they're being sarcastic. Right, I'm like, fuck right. you, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I, was in charge of like putting this thing together and it's just, it's just mainly because I, I love the show and I've had a lot of like loyalty to it and I just want to help out wherever I can. And right. You know, within reason, of course. Yeah, yeah of
0: course. Yeah, of course. What, what you, you said, yeah. Yeah. Before you went on, you said you had like there's a deeper meaning to Roast Battle for you. I'd love for you to go into that.
1: Yeah, I mean in short and this is gonna sound insane, but I'll back up and explain it like I wouldn't have like my son without Roast Battle, which I know sounds nuts. But Not like the, br- I mean, the, the brief version of the story. So I move out here in 2013, I'm struggling for the first year. I'm trying to figure it out. I told you my wife and I had to go back. We were getting married in 2014, um, about six weeks before the wedding, uh, or maybe a couple of months or whatever. Uh, my wife had a miscarriage.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Um, that.
1: thank you. And, uh, you know, it was, it was tough, but, um, you know, it was, a, uh, it was ultimately like, we didn't know she was pregnant, like it was a whole, Mm. it it could have been a lot worse is what I'm saying because people hear that and they're like, and you know, they're like, oh my God, that's terrible and it is, but it could have been worse, right? So Mm. we get married and everything and you know, uh, then we start to, um, you know, we're trying to have kids, we're trying to get pregnant and it's just not, it's not working so she has to go in get some tests done, and it turns out that the miscarriage damaged some tubes. I'm not a doctor, I don't wanna yeah. misrepresent, uh, you know, yeah, my, yeah. Uh, my expertise here. But she had tube damage, so it was basically like, everything's good, sperm and the egg and all that, but like it can't get to where it needs to get to. So they were like, yeah, you could still have kids. It's probably going to be really tough to do it naturally. You're probably going to have to do IVF where they take the sperm and the egg mm, and they put them mm-hmm. together and then they take a turkey baster and shoot it up there. Again, in vitro, right? not That's a doctor. In vitro. In vit- uh yeah, in yeah, vitro. Yeah, in vitro yeah. Yeah, yeah. And in vitro at the time was like, and I'm sure it's more now, but it was like 25 grand. Yeah, it's very expensive. Yeah. So yeah. now we're in 2015. I am a full-time Uber driver. Who is trying to make it out here? I I'm 32 years old because I waited till I was 30 to move to LA, and I want desperately to be a dad someday. Um, but you can't kick that can too far down the road because women have, you know, uh, yeah. biological clocks and all right. that. So it's a, lot of, it's a lot of stress. I'm like, well, how am I going to make it as a comedian? I, didn't, I don't have a manager. I don't have an agent. What am I doing? You know, I'm just doing these roast battles, which are cool. But, like, I didn't see a path to success. Hmm. And, um, you know, all that's in the back of my mind. And I'm just like, I'm stressed out. And I'm just like, you know, what am I going to do? Right? So 2015, I'm doing a bunch of the battles. I go from being like the brand new guy to like all of a sudden I'm I'm on this big win streak. I'm sort of beating everybody. They have a big tournament towards the end of the year. I end up making the finals of the tournament and like losing. And I had a really good record. I was like 10-2 and two or something like that. And um, then there was a uh, a comic who uh, had been a correspondent on The Daily Show back okay. in the day. And he got a gig roasting the NFL owners.
0: Oh, that's dope.
1: Which is great, right? That's really so cool. So he went to... Brian Moses, the host and creator of The Roast Battle, and he said, hey, do you have any roast writers who are big sports fans? And he said, yeah, talk to, talk to Pat Barker. So this guy hits me up, he's like, yeah, I need it in four days. He's like, I only need like 20 to 30 jokes, and I'll pay you 250 bucks. And I think, you know, had I not run into so many like dead ends in LA already, mm. Uh, I might have only given them 20 to 30 jokes. You know what I right, mean? Right. I might have been like, well, that's what I'm getting paid for. That's what I'm going to do. But I realized how few opportunities there were, and I was like, this could be something. Probably not, but it could be. So for four days, I basically just like locked myself in my room, and I did the math. I'm like, well, there's 32 NFL teams. It's 32 owners, 10 jokes per owner. Let's go. Let's
0: Holy right? shit, Pat.
1: So I wrote 322 oh jokes in four days, and they were they were mostly good. Bro. So mostly good. Um, so I sent him to this guy and he was just like, he called me up and he was like, holy shit, dude. He was like, I, you gotta come over. He's like, "We'll we'll go over them together. So I go over his house, he throws them up on the TV and just like totally stressful. He's like sitting down with his laptop, highlighting the jokes he likes while I sit there and, and watch.
0: No kidding, dude. Which you're just, I, just watching him highlight the jokes. I did like, not dude, care no for that. That sucked.
1: Way, dude. That sucked. <laughs> I did, that, yeah, dude. that's, that's that a stressful. Up. Hell yeah. Cause you're like, oh God. Like, <laughs> you know, um, but he highlighted like 200. Like the number he oh, highlighted was crazy. God, the hit rate was great. So he um, highlights all these jokes and uh, you know, he ends up doing the roast and uh, I text him the morning after and I was like, how did it go? And he calls me, and I'm like, well, as soon as I see the phone ring, I'm like, oh, it must have been great. Yeah. And uh, he's like, I bombed so fucking hard. No way, (laughs) dude. Well, what happened was the owners didn't know it was a roast. Oh, that's fucked up. They thought it was like a celebration dinner.
0: That's fucked up. So
1: it's just just 32 (laughs) white 80-year-old billionaires who have had everybody kissing their ass their entire lives. And they're like, here's a dinner to celebrate you, but first, here's this guy you don't know who's gonna make fun of you. So he he went out and ate shit. He got heckled by Jerry Jones like in the middle of it. Of course, it, Jerry
0: Jones. Hilarious. Of course, dude.
1: Um, but, so he bombed, um, but he was really impressed by my work, mm-hmm. still. Thank mm-hmm. God that he wasn't one of these guys like, oh, I guess the jokes suck. Yeah. He was like, no, they were good, wasn't your fault, you know, whatever. And then he was like, listen, I need like a writer's assistant for a couple days a week. Would you mind coming over and just helping me out with a couple projects? So I was like, yeah, for sure. So I went over for like a couple months, couple days a week, just helping him. And then um, come uh, April, A couple of guys that he worked with on The Daily Show were moving to LA to do The Bill Simmons Show on HBO. Right. Um, Do you know? I don't know if you know Bill. Sports, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was was one of the first, like, really popular podcasters, uh, one of the first big guys in, like, this space. Yeah. Um, And he got a deal to do a sports show on HBO. So they're out here doing that, the showrunner and the head writer, and they happen to go out to dinner with their old Daily Show buddy and ask him, do you have any guys who are good sports writers that we might want to take a look at? Dude. Crazy. So he goes, yeah, talk to talk to Pat Barker, right? So already, like, I'm getting these opportunities from Roast Battle. One mm-hmm. thing led to another, mm-hmm. led to another, and you just keep killing this job, you kill that job, and then you get more jobs, right? So um, the HBO guys, they reach out to me, and they're like, can you submit a packet? So I submitted a packet. They were like, cool, can you come in for an interview? And they schedule me for an interview the morning after I have a battle. Oh, shit. At the comedy store. Oh, shit. And you know those battles. They yeah. go till like one in the morning, <laughs> yeah, right? <dude. clears throat> and they're so stressful to prepare for. And now I got to worry about this like yeah. interview the next day. And I was battling a guy named Dan Nolan. If you're new, you probably don't know him. No, no, no. He's no. in Austin now. He's very, very funny. Great joke writer. And um, we're battling. And it's a three-round battle, an old-school battle. And it gets to the third round, and we're tied one round apiece, and it gets to the last joke, and it feels like neck and neck. And then he drops just the biggest haymaker of all time. He's the first person to reference the miscarriage oh, in a shit. joke. shit. And the way he did it was beautiful. It was perfect. No kidding. The joke was uh, when Pat lost his child to a miscarriage last year, there was nothing funny about it. Which is how Pat knew he was the father. It's perfect. It's quick. It's hilarious. It references the miscarriage, but it's not making fun of the miscarriage. Right. It's making fun of me. Right, right. Everything that you could like about a joke is in that joke. It's absolutely perfect. The room fucking go- the the roof blows off the place. Right, and I still have to do one more joke, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I might as well just walk off. Like <clears throat> I'm dead. So I lose that battle. Um, It wins joke of the year at the fucking Roasty Awards. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, And uh, so the next morning, um, I wake up to get ready for the interview and my wife is there. And she's like, oh, how was the battle last night? I was like, oh, I lost. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, no, it's okay. He had this fucking monster of a joke. Like, it's insane. she's like, oh, what was it? (laughs) (laughs) Like, Here's the moment, you ever you ever see that uh, Chappelle bit where he's talking about <laughs> Michael Richards at the Laugh Factory?
0: No, I don't think so. So you know the Michael Richards yeah, course, set? Yeah, yeah right? of course, yeah. So
1: Chappelle has a bit where he's talking about the Michael Richards set made him realize he was more comedian than he was black man. Because he's like, the comedian side in him was winning out because as a black guy, he was watching it like what the fuck, what did this asshole just say? And the comedian side in him was like, damn, Kramer's having a rough set. (laughs) (laughs) So the morning after this battle, that was the moment I realized I'm more of a comedian than I am a husband because my wife is like, what was the joke? And it's like, no part of me was like, don't tell her. It'll hurt her. I was just like, with a big smile on my face. I just like repeat the joke. And like, fuck. I'm just waiting for her to be like, oh my God, that's hilarious. I don't know what I was thinking. I I was (laughs) insane that I was thinking she would react positively to this joke about like the biggest tragedy in her life, in our life, but specifically her, you know. Yeah. So I tell her the joke, and just like tears start like welling up in her eyes. And like, even then I didn't process it. I was like, do you not get it? (laughs) like, it's a great show, what does she not get? Like, I mean, I did I deliver it. it wrong? Like, um, not one of my proudest moments as a husband, for sure. Um, but then, so here's the crazy thing about it, right? So then I go into this interview and I bring a resume with me. Now, I don't have anything to put on a resume. I've been doing stand-up, I've never written on anything. I have mm. no credits, I got nothing. I'm an Uber driver mm. who does open mics and roast battles. That's not an impressive resume. right? So I didn't have much. So I put the roast battle thing on there. I was like finalist in the roast battle tournament. Like that was my biggest LA credit to that Right. Point. So I go in, I do this interview. Luckily I have the in with the guy that I had worked for and they're asking me like, oh, how do you know him? And then I was like, oh, I wrote for this NFL owners thing. And so we're talking roast stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. So then they're like, yeah, I saw roast battle on your thing, what, what is that? So I explained the show. And then they were like, have you ever had anybody say something like really like fucked up and mean? I'm like, funny, you should ask like 12 hours ago. Yeah. Jesus. So they're like, what did he say? And I was like, you guys got to promise you're cool. You're not going to be weird about this. And they were like, no, no, no. Yeah, we're cool. We're cool. So I tell them the joke and they took it way better than my wife. They thought it was hilarious. So they're like, oh, my God, that's hilarious. So one of them leaves and goes and gets Bill Simmons, the host of the show. What? Just brings him in. And they're like, Pat, meet Bill and Bill, Pat. And uh, you know, I had known him because he, he was on ESPN yeah, and for yeah. years. Like he's yeah. a celebrity, right? So um, Bill comes in there like, we were just talking to Pat. He does this thing called Roast Battle. Like he got to and it turns out Bill knew what Roast Battle was because he's friends with Jeff Ross. Oh. And at this point we had had one season on TV already. So Bill was I familiar. See. He's like, yeah, he's like, you do that? I'm like, yeah. And they were like, he just battled last night. Tell Bill, tell Bill what the guy said. <laughs> So I do the joke again and Bill like falls out of his chair. He's laughing so hard. And it just kind of like opened this door to where like for the next 10 minutes, I'm not on a job interview. We're just all shooting the shit about like roasting and everything. And after 10 minutes, Bill goes, I like this guy. Can we hire him? Dude. Which I found out afterwards, they specifically told him, do not do that. Do not offer anybody a job like in the meeting. And that's exactly what he did. So they were like, yeah, let's hire him. You're hired. And I went from being a full-time Uber driver, barely scraping by, to making the Writers Guild minimum, which was, I think, just over 3,700 a week at that point, which was the IVF money. We did one round of IVF, luckily it took, because you hear horror stories of people do five to 10 rounds. Well, they'll do
0: one and have eight kids. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: exactly. Um, So we did one round, it took, we had my son, the show got canceled after one season, uh, it was enough money to have my son and, uh, not, you know, be able to feed him when he got here and, <sighs> uh, you know, clothe him and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, so it, the, the show for me is like really special because I'm like, not only did the roast battle lead to the opportunities to get in that room, but then literally like the biggest hit in my interview was the joke about the miscarriage, which was the reason I needed the job to get the IVF in the first place. So it all kind of came wow, full circle. Dude. It's wild.
0: That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild, dude. Just like nothing by accident, dude. It just, it, it seems like those that was just the domino effects. Like the domino started with you being that Uber driver and and it was just like, all right, you're good.
1: Yeah. And I it mean, just let them fall. Yeah, definitely. So um, when people ask, they're like, oh, you're still doing that roast battle thing. It's like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it forever. Um, as long as it's around, just because like, you know, I feel like. I owe, <laughs> I owe it something. Yeah, no. no I'm not dude. a big like the universe guy, but mm-hmm. in that case, the universe. D- yeah,
0: know? no, definitely, because I'm a huge universe guy. That's that's all me, dude. Okay, yeah, yeah. All
1: right. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> so you agree that's a universe thing. Right? Oh
0: yeah, hundred yeah. percent, dude. Yeah, nothing happens for everything happens for a reason. Nothing is coincidence. I don't feel like mm-hmm. everything always happens for a reason. Okay. Yeah. Um. So speaking of which, dude, you. Came out of retirement, apparently, last night, <laughs> doing roast battle, bro. I
1: feel like I was overblown. People acted like I was, you know, holed up in a bunker somewhere yeah. for years. <laughs> and Michael like they, Jordan
0: coming out, yeah, coming back.
1: <laughs> yeah, wearing, wearing 45. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I had done, I did three battles last year. Oh, what the hell? It, but it was, um that was my first battle in the belly room like old school roast battle shit in the belly room Mm -hmm. where I it wasn't like a rematch, it wasn't like a last minute, like I did one last year where like two battles dropped out and I happened to be there along with somebody I had battled at a different venue and I was like, do you wanna just get our old jokes out and like rerun it? I battled in Tokyo last year for the league. I battled uh, at Jam in the Van, which is down in Culver City. Not right. as impressive as Tokyo, but still yeah. kind of cool. Um, <laughs> but that was my first like fresh belly room battle in like four years. But I wasn't totally retired, I feel like. Cause dude, you gotta be clear.
0: That you came out with a flurry, bro. Just oh, those, thanks, bro. Just that first round, and you kept going. I was like, "Holy shit, bro! I'm never doing this. This is crazy, dude." Because that's you just straight flurry, bro. Like Mike Tyson just coming out in the first round, just swinging, dude. I was like, and, and then Nate tried to get a joke in, and you just kept going. I was like, "Holy shit, bro!" Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Because I, well, I, I had a feeling like it's so funny. You, Like prepare for these things, and like you, uh, it's like there's strategy involved. Right? Yeah, it's like game planning in a sport. Yeah. And I used the word sommelier in my first joke. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I was like, I'll bet, I'll bet. Cause he tries to be like endearing to the crowd. He tries to do that dumb hillbilly shit. Guy's got a college degree, but he he's comes out and like, oh, I don't know what one plus one is. And people are like, oh, we like him."
0: I don't know what the fuck a Somalia is. Yeah, I
1: knew he was going to say that. And I was like, I'm not going to let him get away with that. So I like that was when I had the thing where I'm like, yeah, Nate doesn't know the meaning of a lot of words like Somalia and consent um, or whatever. Uh, it, but I was like, I was like, yeah, he's I'm not going to let him say that. shit. Yeah. No, fuck that. Um, so yeah, I was throwing a lot of punches, kind of off the off the jump. I was amped up.
0: Yeah, yeah, dude. That, no, that was wild, dude. Just <laughs> hearing you and Nate go at it, I was like, Jesus, man, I got a, a lot to work on. Because like as you know, I'm, I'm doing Comic Wars next week, and
1: yeah, 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 dude, it's
0: one of those things, bro. Where right now I'm just like, how, do, how? Hearing you write 300 jokes in four days, dude, I can't even get one joke to have <laughs> one laugh at these fucking rooms. It is so sad. <laughs> it is so sad.
1: I don't believe that.
0: And some of them are funny, but a lot of people are telling me it's like, dude, you're. I think it's the room. I think you got to do it in front of people who are also audience members too. It's, you know what I mean? I can't. E- I
1: will say it again. I can't imagine trying to evaluate myself as a comic, um, doing LA open mics. Yeah, you just it's not just not an accurate barometer of anything. Even if you're killing, like comics have some of the most fucked up senses of humor. That's on very earth. true. We have warped psyches. We're absolute weirdos. We laugh at the darkest shit. Yeah. So even if you're crushing, you're probably developing a set that is going to uh, not work in middle America. You're not going to be able to go to like Wisconsin in front of a bunch of like, you know, people who work down at the Mm. fucking, you know, uh, steel mill or truck drivers, people who work 50 hours a week and then they come out and they just want to see some comedy. And you're up there talking about, like, you know, jerking off and whatever. Right, right, and, like yeah. all the shit that would work in front of other comedians is probably not tailor-fit to like a more mainstream kind of audience. So it's like if you're bombing, it's in in these open mics, it's gotta be terrible for your confidence. And if you're crushing, you're probably developing like bad habits. Like huh. I don't think anybody should start in LA. I don't know what you guys are doing. Yeah. Get, <laughs> get out of here. Dude. Come back in three years. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah pro- I mean probably. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean that's just that's just me.
0: What, what would be kind of like an approach to kind of maybe uh, I don't know, I, I guess the only approach to that would just be get more stage time, right? like at shows and stuff like that rather than just hitting open wide. Yeah, I mean
1: you kind of have to. yeah. Um, but I mean t- some of the shows are kind of the same way. I True. mean one good thing about LA is within two two and a half hours in every direction, um, there are opportunities to get on stage in front of crowds that are more um, representative of America. L.A. is not America. L.A. is yeah, this dude. weird, yeah. L.A. is a weird place. Yes. This isn't, nowhere else is like L.A., yeah, right? Right. So. You have to ask yourself, what's gonna work in front of the the gym teacher who just spent all of his extra cash for the week to come to this comedy show? Right. Right. Like right. what's gonna work? What is translatable I see. I see. to a, a wider audience? So, you know, I the cool thing is like you drive a couple hours, you got Santa Barbara, you got San Luis Obispo, you got yeah. San Diego, you could go to Temecula. There's like a whole bunch of different like opportunities to get on stage in front of a real crowd. Mm. Um, I would I would look into like trying to do that. Get on the road a little bit, like places you could drive to, mm-hmm. and just get outside of LA. Okay. and see the difference yeah. because I think it'll also energize you to get in front of like crowds who want to laugh. Dude,
0: one hundred percent. I had a show you know? last month in Whittier. A buddy of mine produced a show in Whittier, and dude, that was the best show I'd ever been on because yeah. it was like it was like what you were saying. It's just they're all mostly like 30 and up, 30 to 50, 60 years old, you know what i mean? Mm-hmm. But it, it it was just that. They just they just wanted to go to a place to laugh. And dude, i felt like i killed that yeah. show just because once again what you were saying, just just a crowd was there who just wanted to just experience funny. Yeah. And I, you can even just be yourself, right? Like some of the bits that i know i knew work in front of comedians, i just switched up the wording in front of them because Smart. It's, I, don't, I don't know why I did that. It was just how it just came out. Like maybe I was just more into myself as opposed to focusing on the joke. Yes. Because I'm noticing that now too, dude. Like I'm, I'm at this stage right now where I'm like, again, six, seven months in where I'm comfortable on stage now. But now it's like, what am I comfortable talking about? And how can I get an honest, an honest like how can I articulate honest emotions about this particular topic, yeah, right, so I'm, I'm digging deeper into that, so it's, and I don't know if I'm doing it the right or wrong way, like, I'm just right now telling stories, and if I like the story, I'm adding jokes in there, as opposed to just writing jokes now.
1: The good thing is there is no wrong way.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm dude, everyone... It's really not. Everybody's
1: yeah. path is, like, different. Right. I think stage time, everybody's like, oh, you just gotta get all the stage time, I think that's a cliche, and I don't think all stage time is good stage time. But when you're a year or two in, yeah, you just have to do it. You right. gotta get those reps in. Right. Um, but I would focus on trying to get in those shows outside of the city. Okay. I mean, next time you have one of those, like Whittier, t- did you film your set?
0: Yeah, yeah, oh yeah.
1: So you got a tape now that you can kinda of send to people. Pay attention to people that you're, you're, other comics on social media that are doing shows in places outside of LA. Oh. It's such an L.A. cliche to hit up the comic comic and be like, who books that, right? Like, that's that's the inside joke. So you gotta be cool about it, right? You don't wanna just be shamelessly the guy who's like, hey, how'd you get that? How can (laughs) I get that? But, you know, maybe even, like, turn up at one of those shows. Go hang out. Yeah, Uh, yeah, that's what I've been doing more. Yeah, Yeah. pop up. uh, You know, talk to the person running it. Be like, hey, I would love to, you know, if you ever have, like, a set. Like, I think you gotta get out and do some of those, uh, you know, kind of situations as well mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean fuck i guess just stage time stage time stage time yeah is is the right answer i think once you get to a certain point i don't agree that that's the answer but for the first couple of years yeah you just got to get up there
0: mm, okay you know okay well let's talk about uh comic wars and art comic wars roast battle in denver
1: how dare Which, you yeah <laughs> are <Wars. No. laughs> mortal enemies are you kidding me bro <laughs> You're gonna bring me on the show and then ask me about our our mortal enemies.
0: <laughs> Please don't roast me. I saw it last night. No, shout out to uh, yeah. shout out to
1: Comic Wars, Nate Welch and uh, Miranda Meadows uh, run a great show at the Improv.
0: Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Um, shit, what was my question? Where was I? Uh, going? You
1: you were gonna ask about our world championships. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, world championships,
1: dude. Yeah. So we. Um, so the Roast Battle League uh just wrapped up our first season 2023 was the first year where we really made this thing kind of work. Um we have 12 cities across the world, 6 in America, 6 internationally. Uh we're going to be expanding in February to 16, adding two more in the states, two more internationally. It's um damn, pretty massive undertaking that dude, is. Dude, that's amazing. Yeah, and
0: you're and you're running all of them? Yeah. Jeez. I mean, it,
1: no, 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 I Book shouldn't scheduling? I shouldn't say that. So Basically, what what happens is, um, you know, I'm in charge of the league, but I encourage everybody who's running their shows run them exactly how you would normally run them. What I need from the other cities is send me your best battle of the mm-hmm. week because that's how we come up with the standings. We do a podcast called RBL Weekly. Right. Uh, it comes out on YouTube every Tuesday where we review the top five battles from around the world. And if your city had the number one battle, you get five points, number two, you get four, so forth and so on. Okay. And that's how, because that was the toughest part about coming up with the league concept. Like, how do you do the NBA if you can't afford to fly the Lakers to Utah Mm, to play against the Jazz? I see. Because we don't have, like, a ton of money. So we can't do just, like, randomly, like, oh, it's LA versus, you know, uh, Chicago. Uh It's tough, right? So. Um, we came up with a system where everybody's got their own like little ecosystem and then um, we'll do standings that way. We'll come up with uh, you know the playoff teams and everything like that. Um, so no, I don't micromanage too much. I book LA, I oversee the league. Gotcha. I watch the battles every week along with a few other people to determine the top five. Um, I, I'm constantly watching battles. The expansion process. I had thirty different cities that wanted to be part of the league. I watched battles from everywhere, from Boise, Idaho to Istanbul, oh, like shit, all Istanbul? over the world. They have roast battles everywhere, dude. It's crazy. Damn. Um, so people were sending me battles to watch, and like I was hopping on Zoom calls with like people everywhere. Um, which was fun but also like yeah like, mind numbing Yeah, time yeah. consuming, Crazy. dude. Yeah, Especially
0: yeah. the international stuff. You got to fucking take calls at the middle of the night probably, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah I'm
1: figuring out time zones yeah, and shit. Dude. I'm like, yeah. Um but I, I I made it a point to be like anybody who wants to talk, we'll we'll talk, right? So I talked to a lot of people um and we're expanding to 16 in February. But right now we have 12. The first season we had 12, six in America, six internationally. We uh, named four playoff teams, the top two in each division. It was uh, LA and New York uh, in America, and London and Scotland uh, from our international division. And we were able to pull aside enough money to uh, put together the championship. So it's gonna be January 31st at the Denver Improv. We're flying these people out from all over the world. It's a one night mini tournament, LA versus New York, London versus Scotland. Then later in the show, the two winners face off to crown the first ever RBL world champion. So. Holy crap.
0: So all th- those roasters have to make basically roast jokes for three different people. They
1: have to write three Holy completely shit, separate battles dude, ag- no against, against three of the best battlers on earth. Yeah. That's
0: wild, yeah. dude.
1: It's insane. I'm, I'm, I would not want to be in their shoes. No. I'm not envious of any of them. No, not at all, dude. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah.
0: Holy shit.
1: Man. I know, you know, because I'll be out there judging. And when I'm judging, I don't like to generally see people's jokes ahead of time. Mm. But like, I know Ryan Nessen is just constant, he's the re- LA representative. Yeah, yeah, He won the MVP in <laughs> LA this season. Um, he went eight and o during the season, like had Damn. an insane year, won the LA championship. Like he's the guy. Uh-huh. Um, and I know he is just writing every day for all three battles at the yeah. exact same time. He's yeah, writing dude, for all insane. of them. That's
0: insane, psychotic. Um,
1: yeah, so I, I, I can't even imagine having to like prep that. Because uh, even when when the tournament was on Comedy Central, it was like there was at least a day between the things,
0: mm. so you
1: could do a battle and then oh I got to come back tomorrow and battle somebody else, but you still had you know six hours in the morning to right. you know. Here it's just like you gotta you gotta write everything, and then if you win your battle, you got to go backstage in about forty five minutes and memorize like an entirely new battle, which is very stressful. Bro,
0: that's uh, I mean it's stressful, but it's got to be somewhat fun though. You know what I mean, like. It's yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> maybe I doesn't sound fun to me. It sounds awful. I like the process of writing the jokes. I do not like the process of memorizing. Mm. That's the worst part to me. So yeah. to have to do that is just uh, is crazy. But that's why they're four of the best, man.
0: Right, right. And yeah. then uh so what is this thing that you guys got going on tomorrow? This is the like the. Ch- uh, yeah, so that's the California Cup.
1: So we're okay. trying, we're just trying to do as much cool shit as possible. So Jam in the Van has kind of become like our home away from home outside of the comedy store. Okay. Um, it's a venue down in Culver City that is uh, is is really cool. It's kind of like an independent space where they do uh, comedy and music and stuff like that. And we started doing once a month at Jam in the Van and. Now we have upped our standards in the Belly Room. We have like a five camera crew in there. All of the the Belly Room shows look great. They drop on our YouTube. Every Thursday we have a new one coming out. Um, but at first, we didn't have those kinds of resources. And Jam in the Van has like a five yeah. camera setup. It's yeah, really dude, it's nice. Yeah, it's wild. Right. So we would start doing a once a month special event there and like especially on Instagram the collabs that we did with them were going crazy. We have some videos over like 4 or 5 6 million views. Yeah,
0: they got great production over there. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: insane. And and like the the possibility of going viral. So right. um, so we started doing that and frankly as the booker it becomes more and more difficult to book everything and balance cuz we also don't want people going up every week cuz they're going right, to get burned out. Right. You're trying to balance yeah, everything true. so I was like How can we do something that's cool for the community and everybody will enjoy and also makes my life easier? That was kind of the impetus for the (laughs) California Cup. So we took eight of our uh, best guys from last year in L.A. We took four from Roast Battle Bay Area, which is one of our official cities. And we took four from down in San Diego, which has kind of become our home away from home. Like we uh, I I know I just used that phrase twice. I'm so embarrassed. As a writer, I'm (laughs) disgusted that I use that. (laughs) God damn it. All right. (laughs) <laughs> they can't both be the home away from home, Pat, you fucking moron. No, Um. so San Diego at the La Jolla Comedy Store, we run once a month. They're not officially part of the league, mm-hmm. but uh, I head down there once a month and judge, and um, it's a good place to scout talent. Right, and, right. um Dude, they go, when I'm judging, like if there's a good battle, I'm, you know, after I finish judging, I'm like, by the way, we'd love to have you guys come up and battle in LA. People act like I gave away like a Wonka golden ticket. (laughs) They go fucking insane. They're like, oh my God, they're going to get to battle in LA? It's like, yeah, it's it's a hundred miles from here. It's not like, you know what I mean? It's not that big of a deal. Like we literally said at the beginning of the podcast, I'll book anybody. But I go down to San Diego and I'm like, you specifically, I'm going to make you a star, kid. And everybody goes crazy. But we took four of the best battlers from San Diego that we've seen and uh, put them together. And we're doing this California Cup thing. So the first uh, prelim uh, or the first like uh, round of uh, the first four battles in the round of sixteen will take place uh, this Thursday tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then every month we will continue the tournament which should wrap in May.
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah, actually, that's really cool. I see how you did that then it gives them, yeah. it
1: gives everybody a little bit more time.
0: yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. again, just doing the comic wars, it, it is very stressful, bro. Jesus, dude. Yeah, I can only imagine what it's like for a roast battle. Because you're going up against fucking top notch people, man. Have like you? All right, problem.
1: so you're you're doing your first one. Yeah, coming up. Mm-hmm. Where are you at with the process right now?
0: Uh, in terms, what do you mean? Like, so how many jokes do you have to do? I, I. So I've been getting anywhere from about twelve to about sixteen.
1: Twelve to sixteen, which yeah. is crazy. Because if you Wild. start at roast battle, you need three. Exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Comic yeah. wars. Twelve to sixteen is insane. Yeah. In a way, I feel like that's easier because when we came up at Roast Battle back in the day, we would do three round battles. So it was like nine. Mm. Um, and I, I thought that was easier from an editing process because when you only do three, you might have like eight jokes that you really end up liking, and then right. you're like, How do I cut? They're all my babies. How do right. I get rid of one? Right. You know? But um so you're doing twelve to sixteen jokes. How many mm. are you gonna write?
0: Dude, I have like fucking fifty yeah. right now, dude. Yeah. And, and it's all like I mean, of course I structure, like, now I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, this is going to be maybe the first round, this is going to be second round, this is going to be the, you know, most intense shit of the night. But it's like, I'm reading it out, I'm like, oh my, and, and the crazy thing is the more I read it, the more I fucking hate them.
1: Oh, yeah, that oh will gosh, 100% dude. happen. By the day of the battle, you'll be convinced that none of it is yeah, good. Yeah, dude. You'll be convinced that none yeah, of it is good. Bro. You just have to keep telling yourself, like, there's a reason you thought this was funny right. a week ago. Right. You got to trust yourself okay. that it's still funny. Okay. The day of or the day before, yeah, bro, you will hate everything yeah, that, that you wrote. One hundred percent of the time, like, it happens to everybody.
0: Because you, you obviously go to mics and run run those jokes. I you never know what I mean? Did that. Bro, no, you didn't. Not bro. One I, time. I yesterday I was going crazy. I was just like, let me go to a mic and just be a comedian for once, as yeah, opposed yeah, to this yeah, real yeah. battle person. Yeah, because I just need to feel like a comedian again, as opposed to just roasting this one person, and all my jokes about this one person.
1: I never did the mic thing because I was too sensitive. I told you how the mm, mics, like, destroyed my right. my confidence when I moved out here. I know that if I had run them at open mics and they had not done well, which there's a good possibility just given the structure of the mic, like, uh-huh. I would have, like... I would have gotten rid of them. So you, know you didn't I
0: mean? do any of open mics out here then, or you, oh, you did? Oh, I did. But I, did you just... I did open
1: mics when I first moved out here, doing like stand up. Uh-huh. But I never ran roast jokes at open I mics.
0: See, I, I see. I see. I know a lot of
1: people do. I just yeah. I couldn't. My my self confidence. Bro, yesterday I, I was at a,
0: I was at Badger and Jam and JP was there, John Luna was there. They're all running their jokes, and it's crazy oh, because really? yeah, it's, nice. it's for for the, the tournament tomorrow. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's crazy because it's like obviously being so new, I had to make sure the way my mindset is I, I gotta make sure everything comes out perfect like I gotta make sure the cadence is right the punches are there you know what I mean like, like I'm actually performing there Yes. and dude John Luna and JP were just running through shit I'm like what the fuck
1: and they're just reading them like off yeah. the phone
0: and then they're just waiting for something and they're like okay I'll, well, I guess I'll we'll just work on that one so it's just crazy to see like people like those two who are great fucking writers yeah. bro killers and, like, ro- and roasters too Yeah. but it's like it's crazy how their process is, and it's just like, okay, just another day. I just kind of run through these things, and I'm, okay, everyone, like you guys like this, you guys like this, whatever. Oh, you guys like that? Okay, whatever. I'll circle that. And it's just like, holy crap. Dude. I mean, you were,
1: you refine the process for sure. Like I remember the days when I would write fifty jokes for uh, a five joke battle. Right. Like for Nate, I wrote seven. What?
0: Yeah. And you performed all seven of them.
1: Pretty much. Well, I I kind of fucked myself, if we're being honest, because um I had like my overtime joke and for some reason I decided to use half of it in my intro for when they're like why do you want to battle Nate and then I'm like why did I do that and then Damn. the judges at the end were kind of like, it looked like it might be overtime, and I'm like, no, just vote for Nate. Yeah. I don't have anything <laughs> else. Like, um, no, I, I, I yeah, it was, a, it was a weird two weeks preparing. I, I took the battle because I'm like, I have nothing else going on. This will be a good thing. And then the second you accept it, the universe is just like, here's a whole bunch <laughs> yeah. of other shit, good and bad. Yeah. Just like, um, so I was like a little bit underprepared. But even if I was preparing normally, I probably would have only written like 10. After a while, Jeez, you learn dude. what works and what doesn't, True. and you learn to stop wasting time. I wasted oh. so much time writing a bunch of jokes that I knew would never work. Hmm. You know what I mean? Right. You're just like, I got to get all these thoughts out. Um, so you learn that process. But like um, the other thing that fucked me up, and this is funny. I want to I wanna know your thoughts on mm-hmm. this because you're, you're doing your thing at open mics. I never ran them at mics. Okay, But you have to rehearse them a whole bunch. Because mm-hmm. I know comic wars, you can like read off papers or right, whatever. Yeah, yeah. At the store, we j- it's generally like frowned upon. Yeah. There's no right, rules yeah. against it, but it's like... It's
0: like, it's like an unwritten rule. Type yeah, of, yeah,
1: exactly. So, and I hate the memorization process. So what I do is, because I don't run them at mics. The morning of the battle, I wake up, I pick my set list. And then what I do is... The morning? The, the morning, yeah, the, mor- <laughs> the, the morning, morning of. Yeah, yeah, I write up until like the morning of. And then I pick my, I pick my set list. And then I, I take my TV remote, like it's a microphone. Mm. This is psychotic, right? Who the fuck is texting me? I, I stand in my, my room, I hold it like a microphone, and I run through the set like 50 times. The exact way I plan on doing it on stage, at the exact volume. My neighbors, every two months, I change the group of people that I hate because I'm battling like an Asian person or like a trans person, and like every two months they're like, "Oh, he's going in on the, the fucking Mexicans now." Um, they probably, they probably think I'm a monster, uh, but that's that's what I do. And then yesterday, my wife got really sick, and we had mm. take her to urgent care in the oh, morning. She shit. It was the flu. She's, she's okay. Fine. Okay. And she tried telling me, by the way, she she's 38 and she was like, this is the first time I've ever gotten the flu. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. No, it's not. You can't claim that. 38 and you've never had yeah, the flu? Right. Stop it. Um, she's full of shit, dude. <laughs> she, she just wants attention, that one. Um, but no, so she uh, so she was up in our room just like sleeping. While so, you're running
0: through the jokes, no, no, no. Oh, I, oh, I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not okay.
1: completely insane. I'm not gonna make her yeah. sit there with the flu and like just hold a, a TV remote like, <laughs> right over her and be like this fat bald loser. No, so I um I took the car and I just drove around like saying them out loud in the car. But even that, when I got to the store, I was like, damn dude, I'm gonna forget my jokes because I didn't I didn't That's have my wild, TV remote bro, in my yeah. hand. You know, I'm such a creature of habit when it comes to that shit. Um. But uh, but yeah, that's the thing that I constantly fight too because I don't want to come off as too robotic and rehearsed. I want right. to be performing them, right, right. But like with roast jokes specifically, you're like, you want every word to be right, yeah. So that's that's a, a delicate balance too, right. So are you going to? So you're going to come up with your set list, and then what, what are you gonna? Are you gonna say them out loud a bunch?
0: I was. I have the set list and then a bunch of maybes and okay. stuff like that. So I just run through the set list and then I'll go through. Okay, this is the maybes, and I'll run through the maybes. And then, if I get a chuckle out of there, then I'll move it up, mm. basically. It, that, that's at, kind of at like. At mics. Yeah, yeah, at mics.
1: Dude, wait until you have to start running scrimmages. Scrimmages? Yeah. It's like, this is, this is something I started doing years ago. This is, you're going to think I'm insane, but there's a reason I'm pretty good at this. So, I didn't do it last night, but typically I'll write a bunch of rebuttals. Because mm, I have things that people right, can yeah. attack, and I'm like, well, they're probably going to make fun of my wife's miscarriage, or they're probably going to make fun of like my dad dying, or uh-huh. whatever. I'll come up with like five things that I think they might make fun of, uh-huh. and then I'll write rebuttals specific to that person. Uh, I see. Okay but in response. And right. I won so many battles, by the way, on like having a good miscarriage response, locked and loaded, because you hit right. him with that, and then the fucking room goes nuts.
0: Right, which I didn't know, by the way, rebuttals was a thing. I know oh, yeah. Until recently when Nate came, yeah, I was talking to Nate, he was prepping for you, and I was like, rebuttals? What the hell is that? And he yeah. t- told me about that. I was like, oh, that makes sense, because I do hear that.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of like a like a pick six in football. Like <clears throat> yeah, the, the interception, yeah, yeah. You know, you're playing Madden, yeah, you yeah, catch exactly. it and the whole screen turns yeah. around, that's how it feels. <laughs> Uh, in the room when you when you land one of them. So what I would do, because you don't know where they're gonna have that particular joke. Mm. So what I would do, and this is completely insane, but I would cut out like 50 sheets of paper, right? And I would leave like 25 of them blank. And like 10 of them I would write like fat joke. And like five of them I would write like miscarriage joke or whatever.
0: Holy! And shit.
1: literally I would go through my set and I would do my joke and then I would pull my opponent's joke out of the thing just so I could learn to think bro, on my feet amazing. and be ready to throw, you know, whatever comes up. Yeah, I'm that's very- amazing. Yeah, yeah I dude. mean, it's sad.
0: No, not at all, dude. No, <laughs> not at all, bro. Not at all. It's very
1: sad, but, but honestly, it's how not I at attack all. like every kind of like, and there's a reason that I've been able to be like kind of successful out here. I have a career that I'm pretty proud of with way more things kinda on my IMDB than I ever expected, despite I don't have a manager, I don't have an agent to this day. Mm. Um, and one of the reasons is because I really do give 110% to every single gig. And I don't have to with roast battles at this point, I think I've proved everything I have to prove. Mm. I'm almost 50 battles in, like I'm, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Um, but I try to take every one of them that seriously because you never know when you're. It'll you know somebody's in the room that true. Tr- oh true. that that rebuttal yeah. was amazing. I yeah. write for this thing. Come you know yeah. what pitch some shit you know. So like I always try to treat every one of them like it's my first and just kind of like be as prepared as as possible. Yeah. You Did, know.
0: <clears throat> Do you feel like your writing has gotten better because of these roast battles? Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because
0: that's what everyone tells me. Everyone who's come on the podcast and who's done, like, a Comic Wars or a roast battle, they say that the reason why they do it is because they want to get their writing better. Yeah. People like JP, uh, Nate, you know what I mean? All these – Dejin Asfaha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: Battle Last night. He's hilarious. Bro,
0: funny. Great writer. Great writer. But it's – that that's the reason why I want to do more of these. Even though they're stressful and even though it's like, oh, I just want to do stand-up. Yeah. But it's like I am so focused on the writing because it's like – I don't know, man. Like that's where a lot of the people who I like, that's where, that's what I'm interested in. You know what I mean? And I'm so bad at it, but I'm like, well, I just got to keep doing these. You that's know? exactly
1: what it is. You just yeah. got to keep doing it. It made me realize that I could be a writer. Cause when I moved out to LA, I had no intention of being a writer. I just wanted to do stand up. That's it. Wow. And when I did stand up, and I still do stand up, and to this day, if I do standup, I don't write anything.
0: No, No, Nothing? I'll have an
1: idea for a bit, I'll have a premise, I'll have a couple punchlines, and then I kinda go out and work it out on stage. Jeez, and I never It's completely different than the way I approach Roast Battle. Wow. So I never thought I was a writer, because even though I was doing well with stand-up, it was never like written out anywhere. Mm. I didn't have a notebook, I didn't type anything, I just kind and I lost so many good jokes, yeah. not, you <laughs> yeah, know, I don't yeah. recommend that. Yeah. But it was how I did stand-up. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm not a writer, I'm just a stand-up. And then you start doing Roast Battle, and you're like, oh damn, actually, uh I, I can be both.
0: Um you Do you, know, you write bits your bits out now? No. No. I feel like uh, No, generally a lot of, not. I feel like a lot of people though, once you get like X amount of years in, I feel like that's what it becomes. It's just like you know the you know the cadence of the beats. Yeah, the beats.
1: Yeah, you learn the beats.
0: Yeah. How long did that take you to kind of that muscle memory to build for you to understand the beats?
1: No, I mean not not too long, if we're being honest. I mean, I'm sure it's one of those things where like I'm sure if you look back now, like my early sets were like trash. Mm-hmm. I'm very lucky that I started in 2005 where you weren't able to just film everything on your phone. True, yeah. So there's very little early stand-up footage of me that exists to pick apart. If you Mm. start now, like, you're filming every set. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Back then, you had to go buy a camcorder. That's true. A tripod. Yeah, a tripod. Yeah, it wasn't (laughs) like it is now, you know what I mean? Right, right. Um, so, you know, my earliest stand up, I can't really go back and watch, but I'm sure it was probably pretty bad. Yeah. And I'm sure I got better at it as I went along, but it wasn't something I was like cognizant of where it's like, Oh, there wasn't a moment where I'm like, I feel like it's clicking now. It just felt like a gradual kind of process. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that moment existed. I just wasn't like aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's wild, dude.
1: But yeah, it, it will it will one hundred percent improve your writing absolutely. Because like I said at the beginning, it's like when you get a job in TV as a writer, it's the exact same thing. Except mm, instead yes. of writing mean things about this guy, you're writing you know nice things about that microphone or whatever. It's the same thing.
0: Yeah, a lot of comedians are did they become writers? Yeah, yeah. Sure.
1: There's very little money in stand up.
0: Mm, so what you're saying. okay,
1: if you're a stand up, and it's different now with the podcast game. Right, Podcast yeah. game has changed everything. Stand-up is having like a renaissance yeah, right? 100%. Right. It's a great time to be getting in. But like when I left Philly in 2013, there were not all these paths to success.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You you either kept doing stand-up and tried to, and there were only like a handful of people really making a decent living doing stand-up. Mm-hmm. Um, or you became a writer or an actor or whatever. Right, right. And um, now it's like it's certainly better now than it was ten years ago, um, and ten years ago was better than it was ten years before that. So it's a, we're in a really good place for stand up and podcast now. But that was not an avenue before. It was like you had to get into, you either did stand up and were probably poor forever, or you branched off into like writing or acting or whatever.
0: I see. You know. Okay. <clears throat> um, where do you like? What do you want to do with roast battle league? Like, where do you see it? In the next few years, you want to grow it. Obviously, like what are yeah. the kind of the avenues you want to take to do that?
1: That's a good question. I don't, I don't really get involved too much in that stuff. We have a we have a team of people that um, you know oversee that kind of stuff. I think for me, the important thing is that we we just get it rolling and keep building, sort of like organically. What I would love ultimately as the, the commissioner is to have an opportunity for them to be like, okay, we got this much money allocated mm-hmm. for the All-Star Game in July where mm-hmm. you, know, yeah, you, you yeah. we could there fly you go. people out. There you go. We got this much put aside for the <clears> championship. <throat> I would love it if the championship, frankly, instead of being one-on-one, I think Roast Battle, the future of it as a sport is a team sport. Not saying there's going to be 10 people on stage, five a piece right. all... But like, imagine if LA and New York made the playoffs and instead of one versus one, it was a whole night. Oh
0: shit, Five dude.
1: LA versus New York battles. Oh shit. With the five best battlers and the first city to take three dude. wins. That's dope. To me, that's, that's what I would like to get to. Obviously that requires a much bigger budget because you got to fly 10 people instead of, instead of two. Yeah. But I would love to get to that point, point. Um, and you know, I, I I think that I think that we definitely can. But as far as like you know, digital growth, I mean, it's great that we're, you know, we're way more consistent with the YouTube uploads now. We have a really good camera team in there with good equipment. Every Tuesday we're dropping the RBL weekly podcast. Every Thursday we're dropping a full length show, whether it be from uh, the mothership in Austin, jam in the van, or the belly room. I see. Um, so I, I think the idea is to just continue to sort of build that fan base. And then it takes off. I mean, you look at something like Kill Tony, like the the progress they've made over the last year.
0: Bro, MSG?
1: Two nights at MSG. Two nights, bro. Like, it's psychotic. It's absolutely insane. Um, Shout out to them, because they, I I, I saw that show from the beginning. You know what I mean? Yeah, right, that's
0: true. At the belly room, too. Yeah, the difference is
1: they were really early adopters of the YouTube. They Mm. They were putting all their stuff online, whereas Roast Battle was like, it's the underground fight club. Like you got to yeah, know yeah, okay, somebody yeah. who knows somebody to know about this <laughs> yeah. crazy show, and uh, it turns out you know maybe marketing ourselves would have been advisable. But uh, but you know better late than never. Like we're mm-hmm. getting there. But you see that, and you're like, well th- that that could be that could be a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, you you even look at like it's still in its infancy, but like the RBL Weekly Podcast was getting about five hundred views an episode. That's good. About a year ago. Now we're up to about five thousand an episode. That's really good. So you're talking about pretty substantial growth. Wanna continue that for sure. I don't want to get too caught up in the business end of it because frankly it it bores me. I have my degree in business management and I'm just like, I don't want anything (laughs) to do with this. So I, I I chip in where I can, but I'm more interested in like the commissioner thing, uh, you know, building up the scene, building up the community. I'm a big community guy. Um, I love the roast battle community. All my best friends out here are people I met after I battled them mm. and it's like trauma bonding. Yeah, you know right, what I mean? That's true, yeah. Um, so, you know, I just want to keep doing cool shit. And I think if we do cool shit and put out good content, the rest will work itself out.
0: 100% dude. You know? and, and you got great battlers dude seriously yeah. so that that's just half the battle right there yeah you know what I mean?
1: absolutely and and that's why i want to also do these things as kind of like an outreach to let other people know because there could be other great battlers out there who are like oh i'm i'm scared of doing that yeah oh, don't be scared don't well be scared. i would do. i'll, I'll come be honest with you
0: i was scared to have you even on my podcast fucking why? luke luke walls why? uh that's crazy. fucking like two months ago when he was in town he was like you should have pat barker i was like you think he'd do it and he's like, yeah. I was like, all right, I'll ask him. And I never did because it's just one of those things where I'm just like, I don't know. And not only that, dude, I'm so fucking new at this. I, I feel like everyone yeah. looks at me like I'm a jackass. I'm a fucking comedian slash podcaster. You know, one of those guys who yeah. just got in. But I don't know.
1: I'm I don't I, know. There's no reason to be afraid of me. I'm not nearly as successful as people seem to think. I, I have no <laughs> idea what image you guys have of me. I know LA is the city where everybody is pretending to be more successful than they are. (laughs) I'm begging you, please realize I'm not as successful as you seem to think. I don't know where people get this idea. no, I, I, that's, that's crazy. I, uh, with all due respect, nobody <laughs> should be afraid of
0: me. We heard it here first, guys. If you guys want to fucking hit up Roast Battle, hit up Pat, dude. Seriously, man. This yeah, fucking, yeah,
1: yeah. Absolutely.
0: Dude, um, well, dude, I appreciate you coming and doing this, man. For Seriously, sure, this man. is a fucking, yeah, this is a great conversation, brother. I really do appreciate you. And uh, again, I don't want this to be for all the com- comics, but like, dude, like, you, what you do... It's God's work for the fucking roast battle, man. Seriously, you're a fucking great guy, dude, and we really you, do man. appreciate everything that you're you're doing. Oh,
1: dude, you know that, I mean? that, yeah. that that means a lot. And sitting you with
0: here. you here today, and just I I can respect you as a person doing what you do for roast battle, dude. And that's a really great story, by the way, about your son. And oh, that, thanks. Man. How yeah. you tie it into roast battle is really good. Um, well, yeah, dude. Let, I know you said it earlier, but let's let the people know where they can find you, and then let them know again about the. Uh, the tournament in Denver. Yeah, the so,
1: so the, uh, you can follow me. My personal account on Instagram is at vpatbarker. Um, that's where you'll see uh, a lot of pictures of my son and just kind of like my everyday life. Um, I love being a dad, so like that's a big part of it. Uh, sorry to anyone who's like, oh, no, I don't want to see a fucking kid. I get it. Um, if you're just interested in the roast battle stuff, at um, Comish. I had to stop putting all the roast battle stuff on my personal Mm. account because some people don't care. So I'm like, let me create this separate thing. But RBL Commish will have all of the information about everything we do. The January 31st thing, if you are anywhere near Denver, like you should come out to that show. It's gonna be insane, I'm so excited for it. Um, But if you're not, we're working out a way to get, uh, to air it live.
0: I see, Typically
1: we we record the video and we take a month to edit it and then we put it out and everything we want to have the championship there live. I don't know exactly what medium that'll be on yet. I don't know if it'll be on YouTube live, if, if it'll be on Instagram live, but I promise we're going to come up with a way to to get anybody who wants to cuz people are asking online, people are like is it pay-per-view? And like they want to give us money. And and no my kidding. thing is like I as much as I appreciate that and I love that, uh, I'm not an audio video guy. Mm. And mm-hmm. all I can promise is I'll find out a way to get it to you. I can't promise it's going to be soundboard yeah. audio live. We'll yeah. have a great version coming out in a month, but I know how much the YouTube commenters care about like
0: quality. Oh,
1: the audio yeah. especially—they go yeah. fucking nuts, dude. Yeah. If you have nine out of ten audio, they're like, I can't even hear yeah. anything. Oh no, like, yeah. Oh my god. So. Knowing that that's so important to people, the last thing I would want to do, I'm big on under promising and over delivering. You know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. The last thing I would want to do is be like, <laughs> "Yeah, pay for this thing," and then have to deal with emails where it's like, "I didn't, I couldn't hear some of the." Jo-. So, I'm gonna, it's gonna happen. It's gonna be free. I don't know exactly how yet, um, but I love the fact and I appreciate the fact that so many of our fans, literally all over the world, are so invested in this thing that nobody cared about a year ago with mm. the league and they're mm-hmm. like, I wanna see this thing live. I'm gonna make sure that people have an opportunity to. There so follow me at Comish. That's where all of the details are gonna come out about that. And please subscribe to Roast Battle on YouTube. That's the other thing. We're, we've had really good growth in terms of subscribers, but we're now running into um, all sorts of like algorithm things where you may have noticed some of Roast Battle's content is problematic. <laughs> um, and it's funny because if you're in the room, you feel the love. Yeah, ab- It's absolutely, the most yeah. love of any show. Absolutely, yeah. But if you're watching out of context, you're like, that guy just say something about the Holocaust? <laughs> yeah. what, the, what the fuck? Yeah. Report, right? Yeah, exactly. So we're getting flagged for a lot yeah. of stuff. So we're getting like shadow banned and demonetized and all Damn, this stuff dude. and we're, we're, we're working through it. But um, I would ask that people, if you like our content, go to YouTube and subscribe. Because it's not gonna show up in your suggested stuff nearly as mm. much anymore. Because you get two people complaining about a video and YouTube, where I'm convinced no actual human beings work. It's it's all yeah, just it's the robots. Yeah,
0: exactly. So good luck talking yeah. to one of the robots <laughs> yeah, exactly. and being
1: like, "No, you don't understand," <laughs> like the context of it. So uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Instagram at roast battle. Follow me at Um Those are those are the big things, man. And just um, if you like seeing an organic thing that was developed by comics for comics and gives a lot of opportunities. Two comics in a city where those opportunities are hard to come by, um, you know, just stick with us and what we're doing. I think it's a great thing for the community, and I appreciate everybody's support.
0: Hell yeah, dude! And I'll, I'll send me that link. I'll put it in the description on the when that episode comes out. Uh, Beautiful for everything.
1: I love it. Yeah, Thank yeah, you, dude.
0: Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. Well, again, Pat, I appreciate you coming on, brother, and f- talking. Um, but yeah, dude. Thanks to everyone for listening and watching. Until next time, dude. Thanks again, Pat. Thank you.